Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, this, this month we are talking about, we are focusing on love, right? We are shining the headlamps on love and... Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you quite frankly, um, love, the love of God is not the easiest thing to teach about in church. Reason being that a lot of people think they know the love of God. <clears throat> and um, when the rubber hits the road, when it gets to practical issues, you realize that people don't know the love of God. And, um, and this evening, many, many of us would locate ourselves in some of the things that we would share, we would look at from the Word of God. And the intention is not to <clears throat> make anybody look or feel bad, but to let the light of God's Word shine where there is darkness so that truth will prevail and freedom and liberty will set in. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there is what? There is liberty. So, wherever the Spirit of God is... <clears throat> Wherever the Spirit of God is allowed to ease, <laughs> yes. Wherever the, spirit, wherever the Spirit of God is easing, there's liberty. Uh, yes, there is. So if, this, if you don't allow the Spirit of God to ease, uh, there may not be liberty there. So, but liberty, freedom, light. Father, we thank you for your word this evening. We receive wisdom, we receive understanding. And thank you for encouragement. Thank you for revelation knowledge. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I was saying that <clears throat> many times people think, well, I've, I've even met people who say, well, I, I don't know if I can say God loves me. Well, I know it. I know it's mental. I can mental assent to that. Okay, I hear it. Oh, God loves me. Yeah. But, but can I really attest if, if I have to sit down and think about it? <clears throat> many times people don't know. And that's the truth. People don't even know that God loves them. And many of us don't realize what it means that God loves us. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3 that um, the biggest thing for us to understand that would help us, our lives to be filled with all the fullness of God is the love of God. That's what Ephesians chapter 3 said. So, and then it led to verse 20 where it said that God is able to do exceeding abundantly, infinitely beyond what you could ever dare to ask or think or imagine according to the powers that work within you. The powers that work within you is the love, you know what I'm saying? It's the love. It's the love of God that's inside. Because um, <clears throat> when you truly, 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 <laughs> what God wants us to have, truly, um, you know what we're about at the tribe is the love of God, right? Yes, Knowing the love of God and making the love of God known. You know, making the love of God known is not just about preaching and talking about the love of God. Uh, it's really about showing the love of God. He's expressing, yes, <laughs> that's what it is. It's about expressing the love of God. So last Sunday, uh, last Wednesday, Pastor was showing us in no small way. Um, if you were here last Wednesday, I followed on Instagram. So just two of you, okay? Yeah, because I saw, you know, I know. I remember when one time I was saying, oh, should we go back to John or something? Yeah. Aha, uh-huh, so, <laughs> so I was following. I was on the road, but I was, I was listening. So... <clears throat> So he, we, he took, we took a lot of stuff from John, right? 
and other portions of scriptures just to show us that God loves you. So I don't want to dwell there today. I won't take it a, a much higher, but, but I would, I would um, springboard from there. I would take off from there. So if you're not sure yet, yes, God loves you. God does everything that he does based on his love. Everything that God, God, that God does, his intention is always on that. God is, God, God is so much the way he is that he is love. <clears throat> There's no other attribute of God that you see. God is not fire. God is not judgment. God is not vengeance. God is not blessing. God is love. God is love. So Paul said, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Eh? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. <clears throat> the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is the demonstration of God's love. And that's what brought about the sharing, the koinonia of the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. That's what it is. So John chapter 13. <clears throat> John chapter 13. Mm. Let's read from John chapter 13. Thank you, Jesus. It will be this. This card. Let's squeeze. <clears throat> so, we can't overemphasize the fact that God loves you. I'm telling you. We can't overemphasize it. And like Paul, I would like to also say that that is, that is one thing. If we, if we have to learn anything about God to help us to become so full of God, what we need to understand is how much God loves us or understand the love of God. That's what Ephesians chapter 3 says. It says the way to all the fullness of God is not 40 days dry. <laughs> it's, it's for you to understand the love of God. As a young Christian, I read so many things about the price of power that I never did agree with anyway. The price of power. And they, they seem to preach to us those days and <clears throat> taught in so many books that um, God will only use a holy vessel, a worthy vessel, until one day I found out that God doesn't have anybody worthy working for him. <laughs> Everybody that he uses <laughs> were, were those he made worthy. <laughs> he picks them, they're available, he makes them worthy. He qualifies them. There's nobody who comes to God qualified. The only thing that qualifies you is that you're unqualified. That's the only thing that qualifies you. Because you can't add anything to Jesus. Jesus is everything. So it's not about, okay, what are you bringing to the table? He brings the table, he's the table. Do you understand? You don't have anything to bring to the table. He brings the table, he's the table. He's the bread. He's the, he brings you. So all those 10% uh, belongs to God. Are you okay? You, everything plus you belong to God. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I've given God his own. So you have your own. Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, strong man. <laughs> 
Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's all right. So, um, <clears throat> so because you, you, can't, you can't do anything to make God love you more or love you less. I said John 13, right? Yes. Mm. <clears throat> Just a minute. Just a minute. The what? John 13. No, it's not. Well, uh, well after you know, you wash their feet and stuff. Um, okay. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, verse... Let me read from verse, um, of course, after he had washed their feet, this was like a night before, before the betrayal. If you read the book, if you study the book and you understand. So this was like his, um, his last lessons to his disciples. Uh, you, know, you know the way, I'm, I'm trying to give this context so that you know how important what Jesus said, everything Jesus says is important. But you know when somebody's going to um, travel and not return for a long time, he gives some last-minute instructions, you get. And we, we tend to know that those ones, they are the cocoa, you get. So verse, um, verse 34, he said, um, A new commandment I give unto you. Wow. So what was the old commandment? Who knows the old commandment? Yeah, of course, it's, it's the Ten Commandments, but the old commandment is summarizing to... He summarized only into two, and then he now said those two are even the same thing. Love God, love people. Right? Uh -huh. He said that's the old commandment. Now, he says, I give you a new commandment. <laughs> hey. And remember, he was talking to the Jews. Hello? He, so he was talking to people who had lived under the law of Moses, under the Ten Commandments. So this is something worthy of killing. He's telling, I'm removing the Ten Commandments, what he's telling you. I give you a new commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. The first commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. So no wonder a lot of people don't love their neighbor because they actually don't love themselves. <laughs> they don't even know they don't love themselves. But now he says, no, this new one, this new one, love one another as I have loved you. That's heavy. If you, if you really get to use your mind now and think about it, it's almost impossible. But of course, it's not impossible. Love one another as I have loved you. Not as yourself. As yourself is old school. That's because grace is higher than law. You see, you never fall from the law. If you read the Bible very well, say you fall from grace. You only fall from a high place to a lower place. You can't fall from downstairs and come here now. <laughs> Gravity doesn't work that way. You don't, no, you don't fall upward. 
He says, um, Galatians chapter 5, I think, verse 4, he says, any of you that seek to, um, to please God based on the Lord, say you are falling from grace. So grace is higher than the law. So anybody who is thinking grace means, oh, do anyhow, don't worry. It's higher than the law. So Jesus said, the law says love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, this is the new one I'm giving you. Love one another as I have loved you. Please, how did Jesus love us? Where, where's Bernard? Bernard? Uh -uh. Bernard has disappeared. Bernard, where's Bernard? Where's Ike? No, not this Ike. Ike drummer. Please, where's Ike? I'm asking Ike's friend, where's Ike? No, but they should be present. No. You see this thing that some of us do in church? No, some of us are, we are big brothers of Jesus. Or, because I, I see it. No, I've, I've seen it. I don't taste more. I'm, I'm still younger, but I've been in this system for a while. I mean, two decades plus, two decades plus and counting. So I've taken the business more. I, I've seen it over time. You know, some brothers, we, we, don't, we don't become chair with pastors. What the pastor? A pastor, I mean, she had that rev with her two days ago. <laughs> no problem. You push your hair, it will go cheap on one side. It doesn't work. Oh. No, it's, not, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Desist from that. <clears throat> Are they here? Or they have been another church somewhere? Okay, and then and then Jesus made another very striking statement. Uh, uh, even you, chairman, where are you? Potluck. Okay. And but you can still do it here now. This is a Libra church where the spirit of the Lord is. Don't worry, nobody would. Uh, although some brothers may, but I mean, please be free to freestyle. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not like our like those churches where you can't even chew gum. Please. All right, so um, it says, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By the way, we're continuing on the message from last week. What did Pastor Toby preach last week? Huh? Yes. Okay. Love of God, right? So maybe that was love of God to you. It's love of God through you. God's love through you. Okay, he says, um, love as I have loved you. Then verse 35, it says, by this, by what? By verse 34, right? By the previous statement, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. In case you didn't understand what he's talking about, he said, if you love one to another. So Jesus said, the single most distinguishing feature or trait of a believer. It's not hairstyle. It's not Christianese. No, it's not, it's not ghetto. It's not the way they pray. It's not their dress sense. Even though dressing is important. It's not Thai gele. It's not whether you use uh, <laughs> whether you use roll-on or not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whether you smell natural. No, please, please, by the grace, please, I beg you by the mercies of God, use. Some of us, our nose are still here. Our noses. Use. No, please use. You get and and be. I mean, look neat for crying out loud. But he, he's saying that uh, the single most distinguishable trait of my disciple is if you love one another as I have loved you. It's not about speaking Christianese. No, bless you. <laughs> so is that important to Jesus? You know, I said that I used to be an introvert. <laughs> Some people can never see that. <laughs> but when something entered, it dislodged something that wasn't supposed to be there. So I, so I started loving people. Because the fruit of the recreated human spirit is love. The fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the born again spirit is love. It's a fruit. It's not a root. If it is truly there, love is the fruit. And this love manifests itself in joy. Patience, that's long suffering. Kindness, goodness, gentleness. I'm talking about God's love through you. <laughs> You know, it's good that we teach us about um, how that God loves us and that we go in depth. I really would love to go in depth, but that's about what we always talk about at the tribe. How much God loves you, right? How that God loves you. So it's not news to many of us, even though we need to listen to them, listen to it over and over again. You need to, by yourself, do um, study and come to a good understanding of it because that is what helps you as a Christian. That's what helps you stand. That's what helps you defeat the world. Paul said that love is the bond of perfection. See, it is love that holds perfection together. <laughs> it's love that holds everything together. That's what Paul said. You know how, how it was so much for Paul? He said, oh no man, nothing but to love. One translation said you can never finish paying that debt. I think that was a message or so. One, I know one translation said it. Say the debt of love, you, you, don't, you don't pay it to the end. As long as you breathe, you're owing it. Romans chapter 5. Pastor, we read it last week too. So how did he love us? God commended, that's King James. Another translation correctly puts it, God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, so while we were yet unavailable, unworthy, while we didn't care about it, Christ died. Including those that he knew would reject it. He, he died for them. Because, no, how many of us here, you have the spirit of God, you have seen the future, you know this your staff steals from you. He's your accountant. 
you are very much, you know Jesus, you think Jesus didn't know Jesus was stealing? He knew now. And then you knew he was going to sell you out. And yet, when you were distributing eternal powers to cast out devils, heavenly powers, <laughs> it, it counted Judas among them. He said, I have chosen all 12 of you. One of you is a devil. So he knew. So, <laughs> oh God. So as I'm giving out goose, and I know that guy is there, he will be escort to the others. So as they are going, you help them hold their bag. And give him power. <laughs> so they came back rejoicing that the devils were under them. They cast out devils, including Judas. That's how Jesus loved. <laughs> God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. That's Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Right? Is it verse 8? While we were yet sinners, Christ died. Christ died for the ungodly. So he didn't die for good people. He died for ungodly people. So he said, <laughs> this is love. Not that we love him. But that he first, this is the definition of love. He first loved us. So, um, let me tell you quite frankly, you, you cannot give what you don't have. So, you won't be able to love people like Christ if you have not first received the love of God. So that's why we say here that God is the love with which you love him. So the first thing for you to do is to receive his love. So you have to be aware of his love. And then receive his love. You have to accept that God loves you. That God is into you. So in case love is too, you know, some people can't even accept that God loves them. Do you know God likes you? <laughs> Say, Pastor, I don't know what I do this morning. Yes. When they were praying this morning, I was still watching for him. Yes, he likes you. He's still tripping for you. He is. Say, if you knew what I did to my boss this morning, he likes you. God likes you. <laughs> you did do something to your boss today. <laughs> You're laughing like this. <laughs> God likes you. Yes, God loves you. God also likes you. If you... Let me tell you another truth. People who are mean to people, Christians who are mean to, <laughs> mean to people. So let me not talk about people. Christians who are mean to people. And sometimes some of them are here. No, they're not, they're not here in Jesus' name. Amen. But, here, but in case you used to be here, that used to be. Some of them used to be here. Yes, let me, let me say it like that. You used to be like that. I didn't call anybody's name. I said you. So It's because you actually haven't received God's love. No matter how much you say it and preach it and say God loves me. The truth is, if you receive the love of God, if you have a revelation understanding of God's love, naturally, it's the same thing you'll extend to others. 
like begets like. You can't give what you don't have. So if you are not giving out God's level of love to others, you have not received it. I'm not saying it's not available to you. You have not received it. <laughs> let me show you. Let me, let me show it to you from 1 John chapter. Yeah, it was John that. This John. John wrote a lot about love. John and Paul. Who, what was the name? What was, what was John's name? If you used to read all those authorized King James. John the Beloved. The, who wrote, where, in what book do you find the disciple whom Jesus loved? Who wrote the book of John? Who told him he was the disciples who Jesus loved? Yes. Yes. That's how it works. No, that's how it works. He said, John, Saint John the Beloved. The Beloved. The one that Jesus, he said the one that the master, the Lord loves. The Lord loves all of them. But he took it. He owned it. And that's what we need to do. Because that's how you can also express it. You can't give what you don't have. No, you can't. Don't worry. Don't try. You won't be able to fit. <laughs> oh, God. You won't be fit. Don't worry. You won't be able to fit. Um, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Because I remember many, many times, ah, those days, you know, they, they preach, you need to love God. You, you, need to, you need to love the Lord. How many of you have heard, you know, encouragement like that? Some people have even struggled, I'm trying to love God. I love, you struggle, right? Who responded like that? You struggled. It's a struggle, you can't. Let me show you, let me give you the key now. <laughs> it will liberate you forever. You can't. Say, I'm just, I don't, I'm just trying to love God. Somebody still wrote that to me recently. Say, yeah, okay, I know, I know, but this, I can't really confidently say, I, I, I love, love God. Yeah? <laughs> okay. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world... The love of the Father is not in him. If any man loves the world, he says, people who are struggling with carnality and all those other plenty things, the love of the world, the pride of life, the loss of the flesh, because the next verse began to list the things that are in the world. He says, the love of the Father is not in him. He didn't say they don't love God. He said, God's love is not inside I said you can't give what you don't have. He says God's love is not, does not enter inside. Because when it entered inside, did you read what Paul said? He said the love of God constrains. When it, it intoxicates. I'm serious. When, when you receive the love, eh? it, it just changes you. It changes you. So it's no, it, it no longer becomes forming, trying. I'm trying to. You're not trying anymore. 
And one of the ways to get there is what John was doing. I'm the one that God loves. That's meditation. That's thinking about it. He loves me. Oh, he loves me. You sing about it. The reason is, he said God demonstrated his love toward us. God proved, showed, displayed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. So it wasn't because I came that he died. He died when I was unworthy. He says, for a good man, some even dare to die. You've read it now. Read Romans chapter 5. That's how God loves you. So in John chapter 15, Jesus reiterated the commandment. Let's read it. Because this is important to Jesus. And he said, that's the new commandment. And that's what, that's, this is what we need to live by. In John chapter 15. Mm. Okay. Um, let me read from verse 9. He said, as the father had loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, again, commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you. No, verse 12, he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Then he said, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. <laughs> a man laid down his life for his friends love one another as I have loved you then we'll read 1 John chapter okay we're reading chapter 2 just now let's look at some other scriptures from there some other references John was so was so into this love that they couldn't kill him. So, um, in, in chapter 5 of 1 John, he says that his commandments are not grievous. Chapter 5, verse 3. Yes, that's verse 3. It says, his commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not burdensome. They are not heavy. The reason why they are not heavy is because it requires him to do it. All you have to do is trust him. All you have to do is receive his love. His love would help you love your neighbor as he has loved you, not as yourself. Not as yourself. So it's good that we rejoice and we get excited and we say God loves me. And we say, yeah, he loves me irrespective. God loves you unconditionally. Hello? You know God's love is unconditional. That's how he says you should love your neighbor. Hmm. Unconditionally. <laughs> mm. Unconditionally. That means they don't have to deserve it. Because Jesus said that's how, that's how people will know that you are my disciple. 
It's tough. It's kind of, it's not the kind of teaching that we are shouting and speaking in tongues and gingered. But, but we need it. Because it helps you, it gives you foundation, it gives you a strong standing in your faith. Love is tough. Love is not about just ooey gooey feeling. It's tough because it's sacrifice. Sacrifice is not sweet. Have you ever sacrificed before? Anybody here, have you sacrificed before? Huh? Ah. Why you want to know? To your parents, to your job, to your pleasure. Sacrifice is not sweet. So let's take, for example, those that, that are doing nine to five in Lagos and you don't live close to where your office is. That's an example of sacrifice. Right? I know people who have been waking four o'clock for more than 10 years. And they'll be on the road for four or five hours to get to up to the office. Is that sacrifice? Yes. It is sacrifice. It's not sweet. Eh? It's for love. It's for love. They need the money. They need, they need they, maybe they, they need to take care of their families. It's love. Or their ego. It's love. So sacrifice is not sweet. Love is sacrifice. It's synonymous with sacrifice. So when Jesus was dying on the cross, he wasn't doing, oh, so sweet. Oh, oh, oh kill me more. Ah, oh, but I see the flogging again. <laughs> I'm doing it for Bernard. Now lie. As they're given, he shouted. Holding the, you know those kind of, those when they give you stuff and you. You know, farm belt, farm belt is good. Farm belt is good. Koboko is good. If you study the historical artifacts used for their whipping, the Romans were, they were have, they have Harvard degree for torture. The Romans. <laughs> the, the whip, eh? They are laced with shards of bottles and spikes. The one they used on Jesus. The closest to it was Passion of Christ. Passion of the Christ. So, and it's long. So when they release it, eh, it comes and ties you and then they pull it. Remove flesh. That's what they did to Jesus 39 times. So, so the next time you say, by whose stripes? Please think. See, if we apply ourselves to the scriptures, eh? oh, <laughs> I sat down with that scriptures many times by his wounds. So I got to a point where I was watching Passion of the Christ and laughing and rejoicing. I did it once on campus and some guys looked at me like, this guy is a devil. I said, you don't even know. You are watching Passion of the Christ, you are crying. I was rejoicing. Whip him. Whooping for me by his wounds. So he's like, I've stayed 22 years plus, uh, no sickness. Because that thing is ever like this. He did it because of his love. 
Now he's not saying you should go and collect 39 stripes for your neighbor. <laughs> but he's saying be patient. He's saying be 1 Corinthians 13 for your neighbor. Kind. Kind. Some people are patient, but they are not kind. Some may be kind, but they are not patient. He says, don't, don't have a sh- small thing in the verse. Me. I, I took the quick verse. No, God, that's not godly at all. God doesn't have a short fuse. So many people think God is like that. So many of us Christians treat others like that. So, don't you know you're in church? You think that's how God is. You may, not, you may not say, no, I know that's not how God is. Actually, you are betraying what you truly believe. Because a man will naturally behave what he believes. It's a holy anger. <laughs> so it's why people come late to church, you go to vex. Instead of it, they feel sorry for them. They vex. You think say God, they vex. I've seen churches where they flog people now for coming late. Yes. They flog you for coming late. I've seen videos where pastors were insulting their members and because they're not give they're not pay money or something. I call back my grace. <laughs> so we're laughing. Some of us treat each other like that. Some people used to treat people like that. Here. Let me not say why we still do it. We have repented. Some of us repented before now. Some of us are hearing the word now, so we're changing. Have you seen the way some Christians treat their house help? Their drivers, uncle. Their gate man. How do I let the love of God in you? How? How? Jesus said, this is the commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Romans chapter 5 was how he loved you. And then he said the commandments, his commandments are not grievous. I mean, in, in Matthew chapter 11, he said it by himself now. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And truly, that's how God is. God never puts a burden on you that weighs you down. Let me, read, um, let me read that scripture from the Passion Translation. I like the way it is rendered there. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 3. Mm. <laughs> True love for God means obeying his commands. And his commands don't weigh us down as heavy burdens. <laughs> then, you now put a, um, an explanation there. He notes, they say, God's grace empowers us to love, which makes, us, which makes his commands a delight instead of a duty. <laughs> the spontaneity of love is never crushed by the commands of a loving God. Because grace is empowerment. That's what grace is. It's an empowerment to live like God. To run like God. That's what it is. It's actually God living his life 
through you. All I have, all the parts I have to play, if it's even a part, is to be available. Is to be willing and available because God will never force himself on you. God will never force himself. All that God would do is tell you. So this is not a suggestion. Love one another as I have loved you. I hope you know. It's an instruction. It's, that, it's a commandment. The difference is, he is not a hard taskmaster with Koboko. That if you don't do it, I must flog you. No. It's still whosoever wills. So, brothers and sisters, you know why a church of young people? Let me tell you the truth. Sex outside of marriage is not love. No brother who loves you who want to have sex with you. <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> no sister who loves you, brother, want to do you things so that people can have sex. It's not an act of love. No, I'm telling you the truth. It's not an act of love. Hello? So, you know, I always tell my wife, I think we still had that discussion last week. I said, I get upset when they call sex lovemaking. They say, we are going to make love. I say, excuse me, I don't. You are, you are insulting the word love. Are you okay? Can you make love? How can you call sexual intercourse making love? <laughs> it's not a bar. Now, it is, it is sexual intercourse. It's a holy act in marriage. It is fornication or adultery outside of marriage. That's what it is. It's not get down. Let's go get down. All those names we call it. God calls it fornication or adultery. It's not an act of love. Huh? Maybe. It, at best, at best is lost. Bernard, no, give my mic. <laughs> Bernard, don't come. <laughs> no, no, but really, 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 sister. So all those you do, do you love me? Forget, it's not love. It's not love. I know. I wasn't born a Christian, so I know. I got born again one day, so, so I know. I prove it. <laughs> you can't see it. And I know it's guys that usually use the line for the sisters now. So you have to prove it. It works now. What are you talking about? Don't you know? Don't you know? God will say you don't know. So please don't dabble. Don't do all those things. Don't go there. And it endangers you. Especially if you are, if you are if two of you are working to get married. <laughs> you know what you are doing? You are sowing seed of distrust in your marriage. So let me tell you how it works. So when you get married, eh, after, you've already, after you've already done what we that have license are doing, those of us that have been given driver's license, 
valid till we say we'll not do it again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Pastor Moni don't look away. Forget Oh God. So you don't go drive when you not get driver's license. So maybe if here I will not catch you, road safety. When you get when you now get driver's license, let me tell you what will happen. So one day in church, and then you see brother XYZ talking to your wife or or your your husband having long meetings with sister. It becomes easy. And the brother or this time saying, but what sister? He's just he's a church member now. What's going on in the partner's mind is uh, well, we're not church members. <laughs> so, but, but I'm the leader of the department, okay? Uh, before, uncle? I'm serious. So you are building, you are sowing seeds. So there's pressure, we know. There's pressure. But it is not the pressure from outside that brings you down. Just as it's not the water in the ocean that sinks the ship. It's the water inside the ship. Nothing ever makes an iron get rust apart from the iron itself. It dies from within. So it's the water inside the ship that sinks the ship. So it's not the pressure. It's not the fact that they wear mini skirts. Or he gets his packs, he displays them. He's what's inside. If the love of God is inside, ah, it becomes like a force field. You know what force field are now? If you watch superhero movies. Yeah? Star Wars. All of them. Incredibles. Remember that guy, the... Crossfield. So things will definitely come. But as they come, they will hit the first field and they'll be repelled. That's why he said, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not, is not inside. It's not inside. And you're the one that can take it inside. As you hear every time that God loves you, you'd accept it. God loves me. How? to the death. He proved it. He died for me. God likes me. God, God enjoys being with you. Do you know that? Yes. So even when you wake up and you try to pray, God likes you even in that moment. And then you slip off. And you wake up and say, hey. and I said I was going to pray to do. He still likes you. He's still saying you are getting late. Get ready. Get ready. Go to work. We'll, we'll just later. In, in John 15, when he was saying that um, this is the greater, greater love. Greater love has no more than this. This is the biggest type of love. You know, after he finished saying that, he said, I chose you. You didn't choose me. God is saying, I chose you. So can you imagine just sitting down thinking about it that God chose? I'm God's choice. I'm God's choice. I'm special because God loves me. <laughs> he chose me. He chose me. I'm separated and sanctified. He chose me. He chose me. Just those three words. Eh? You meditated on he chose me for 24 hours. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> From he loves me, he chose me. You know what that means? God chose you. You are God's choice. You are the object of his love, of his affection. His love is directed towards you. And it's not, it doesn't change because of what you did or didn't do. It's unconditional. It's constant. It's eternal. You can't make him love you less. You can't make him love you more. So the fact that you pray 10 hours every day, no, don't change nothing. God is not mad at you because you didn't read the Bible. <laughs> he doesn't love you more because this guy, they study you. Ah, guy is a giver. Say, ah, this guy is a giver. <laughs> no, no, don't worry, God knows. You can't shock him. <laughs> yeah, you can't, no, you can't shock him now. God is not spontaneous. Spontaneity is for people who make discoveries. People who don't know everything, right? God, God know. God knows everything. I wake up tomorrow and say, today, I give God everything. Go say, ah, angel, angel, God, the guy shocked me. It was angel that announced, Abraham, now I know. You think that was God? You know when you read it, I went to preach the word, say, God say, Abraham, stop, stop. Now I know that you fear God. Which God? The omniscient God. Because the Bible, the king, say God spoke from everyone. Say, Abraham, now I know. Hello? Somebody's... That was in God. Say, God tested Abraham. You test what you don't know. God knows everything. You didn't test him. God has never tested anybody. He proved Abraham. But we don't have the full picture many times. So we don't understand that in the realm of the spirit, the angels don't know everything. God knows everything. So the angels be wondering... You know, David wrote the, the angels say, What is man... That thou art mindful of him. Hey, the angels, they don't know. The Bible says in, in, in 1 Peter, it says the angels long to look into this. They are wondering, ah, what, what's happening here? Like, ah, ah. They don't know. They only know what God shows them. So, so, so God would prove in the realm of the spirit. I say, you know, when, when God visited Abraham, when three men came to visit him, no one of them was the Lord. The Bible says, he said, I know Abraham. That was before Isaac came home. Yeah. He said, I know Abraham. He will teach his children. So how, again, after Isaac had come, he said, Abraham, now I know that thou feared God. <laughs> so when people don't understand, they say the Bible is uh, contradictory. They say, no, they don't know what's happening. You test what you don't know. So God says, love your neighbor as I have loved you. So the fact that somebody, you, you think somebody's less privileged, how do you treat them? So I see it a lot many times amongst Christians. And I know where the, I know where the question is or where the answer is is the fact that they have, they have not also truly received the love of God. So when you hear people say, but I've been praying. I, I, I've prayed. Say, Pastor, I prayed. I sowed seed. What they are revealing is that they have not received God's love. 
<laughs> but they don't know that's what they are revealing. So they are thinking, their thinking is that um, God will do things in your direction based on your action. So it's transactional. So they don't understand that the praying and the sowing, what's important to God is the intention behind them. The intention, the reason behind your sowing, your giving, your praying. Because there are a lot of all, there are a lot of Christian activities that we do in church, many times that are not powered by love. Yes, they are powered by our personal greed, sometimes fear. How many souls will you greet the Lord with? It's not powered by love. But guess what? The Bible says that God would not forget your labor of love. When Paul was talking about um, um, the judgment seat of Christ, he said we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that we may receive the things done in our body, whether good or evil. <laughs> you, know, you know, what I've just said now to many Christians is, is foreign. You don't understand what that means. Yeah, we will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So some people don't know what judgment seat of Christ or great white throne judgment. How many of you are like that here? Uh -huh. Okay. Okay, but Paul said we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, all of us, that we may receive the things done in our bodies, good or bad. And then he began to speak about um, the quality of works. He said if any man's works uh, be made of maybe wood, hay, or stubble, say it will burn. He said, but the ones that will survive, that survive the fire of judgment, is one that's made of maybe gold, precious stone. And then he qualifies it that it's the labor of love that qualifies. In 1 Corinthians 15, he said it. God will not forget your labor of love. So everything you do. So when I learned this many years ago, I tied everything I do to God. The one I do for my parents, my siblings, my friend, I do it because of God. Because of God's love. So it's not just because, uh, you know, you know the Bible spoke and encouraged us about um, brotherly love. You know the qualities of brotherly love? Why? What is brotherly love? You don't deserve it. Brotherly love. Think about it. You just have a preference to your brother. Now, you know there's fear of scarcity now. So if you have a petrol station where you have the opportunity of giving people petrol, people coming to buy petrol, let me tell you what happened to me yesterday. So I went looking for petrol to buy for my gen. So I took two kegs. I took another brother. I said, let's go. So, and I said, the error of staying in petrol station for five hours, I have suffered it at past. It will not happen to me again. If there's fuel scarcity in this country, eh? and there's no petrol anywhere, I will use public transport. I'll park my car. I'm not going to sleep in the petrol station. All those things that we did, wake up five o'clock. It is fun. See, man, we'll not be discussing it later. I spent five hours yesterday. <laughs> We're bragging on suffering. See, me, you know when I left home, I left 4.30. Oh, you're all good now. Three o'clock, I don't wake. I said, I won't do it again. So I went, I first went in the afternoon. You see the place. I said, never. I will sleep in the heat if there's no lights. But I couldn't rest. I was looking at my, I was considering my kids. I know that there will be no sleep. So I went again. Then in the evening, I took somebody. I said, let's go again by six. 
See the mammoth crowd. Say, brother, I don't know if you die. I had to go out. So I met somebody there, another brother from another church. So he said, ah, man of God, how far? I said, yeah, came to buy petrol. He said, oh, okay. So what about you? He said, no, I just came to buy for my in-law. So after a few discussions, we left. I was, I was almost home. He called me. He said, ah, bros, have you gone? I said, yes. He said, ah, I've already arranged for you. I said, ah, really? He said, ah, so where are you now? I said, no, I'm coming back. Can I come back? He said, yes. <laughs> so I drove back. My friend was like, mm, let's, I said, bros, you can go down now. Me. <laughs> I don't have any petrol at home. So I went back. He went with me. So we got there. He had a 30 liters jerrycan. I had a um, 10 liters jerrycan keg. So see the crowd. So the guy just, as we got there, he just came, spoke to Yoruba for somebody, said, so give them, give them. And then he said, Zenith, Zenith. He works with Zenith. Zenith Bank is close to the petrol station. So the guy just, they just collected our kegs. So after like 10, 20 minutes, he called me, said, how far have you got now? I said, no. He came out. This was like past eight. He came out, said, for what? He started calling the attendant. So I was like, now this guy get his petrol station. <laughs> and bought for both of us. Why didn't he do it for everybody there? They are not brothers, but there were other Christians there. Yes, sir. That's brotherly love. So I'm saying, if you have a petrol station and I drive in, you let there be 50,000 people there. And I say, ah, ah, Ibe, have fun. I say, ah, Pastor, what's up? I want buy petrol, I don't get to. Say, hey, where's your keg in your car? You know I will buy quickly. Brotherly love. I don't, what did I do to deserve it? Blood. That's brotherly love. That's what Jesus said we should do for one another. Hello? It's not hard now. Is it hard? Eh? Is it hard? It's not hard. But first, for it to work easily for you, you have to have received the love of God. So when you're seeing that blood was shed for you, that God loves you, Make sure you know what you're saying and you truly have received it. One, you know the proof, the, what will prove that you have received it is the demonstration to others. Yes. <laughs> because your relationship with, our relationship with one another eh, is a full proof of our relationship with God. You can't gain say it. Don't worry, you can't fool anybody. Speak in tongues, cry, lift up your hands. The way you treat another person is exactly the way you view God because you think that's how God treats you. You may not know that that is it, but that's the truth. Because we naturally behave what we believe. It's natural. If you walk into this place and the only chair remaining has three legs, will you sit on it? Huh? Will you sit on it? Do you know why you won't sit on it? You don't believe the chair can carry your weight. If you didn't know the chair has three legs, yes. you sit on it. Because you be naturally behave what you believe. So, John said, we have known and believed the love that God has to us. So let's go from, let's go from the level of knowing God's love for us. Huh? Let's actually truly believe that God loves us. Because when you believe that God loves you, it changes, it changes your relationship with people. And of course, it changes the way you relate with God. It does. It does change. It changes the way you relate with God. And it is easier for you to believe him, for you to trust him, for you to exercise faith. You know, faith works by? By love. It's easier for you to exercise faith. 
when you know the love of God. So if you get to if you ever get to any level where you are doubting, where you are, you are saying, yes, help me believe, let's join your faith together. Let me tell you what's, 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 what's not available. You are not sure God loves you. In that regard, you don't trust the love of God. <laughs> when you get to the point where you have confidence in God's love, faith is automatic. Hello? Did you learn anything? Questions, queries, concerns? Pastor, they have questions, no? So let's, let's pray. Let's pray. I want us to pray. Um, you know what Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1? He prayed in a nutshell that God would help these believers to know what they have become. To know what is available. He's not saying that God should give them anything. God should make anything available. He says that they will, their eyes will be open to understand what is available. And then one of the things available, he said, is the exceeding greatness of his power. You know what Paul was saying? He says, the greatest demonstration of God's power was when God raised Jesus from the dead. What he's saying is that the power, if you use a VU meter to measure the power, the volume, the, the volume unit of power that God expended or expressed when Jesus was raised from the dead, compared to any other thing God has ever done, raising from the dead is bigger. So when God created the whole universe, and brother, if we start talking about the vastness of this universe, Paul said it's small compared to raising Jesus from the dead. <laughs> Yet he said that's what's available inside of you. Not available for you, inside of you. So he was praying a prayer that we would come to a point where our eyes is opened to understand what God has given us. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. So let's pray that prayer. God, help me to understand your love. The breadth, the length, the depth, the height. Paul says it passes knowledge and it helps you to be filled with all the fullness of God. Help us to understand what is available, what has been put inside of us, the treasure, the glory of God. And Lord, we thank you for your love. Thank you for loving me so much. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So, you have question. Pastor, you can question, right? All right. I don't know. <clears throat> so, it's... Okay, so I'm just going to read the scripture. And that's First Corinthians 10, 33. And it says, I too try to please everyone in everything I do. Mm. I don't just do it... I don't just do what is best for me. Mm. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. And just like the scriptures you read and in so many parts of the scripture, I think I'll speak from a personal perspective. I understand, mm. you know, the, I understand this love. I understand God's love for me. Mm. I'm affirmative. I'm convinced about his love. And I also understand 
I won't call you a boy. I understand how he wants us to also, it's a religion, literally. That's what it is. Love is literally what Christianity is built on, if anything. But my question is this. Um, in our world, this is a very, very foreign concept. So the, the question is, how do we effectively prioritize others, or not prioritize others, but how do we effectively express God's love in a way that doesn't self-sabotage us? Because in so many places in scripture, it speaks about, you know, putting others before you, their needs before you. You're always literally thinking about others before yourself. So in the kind of world we live today, how do we effectively do this that it doesn't affect our mental health? <laughs> and, you know, we do it in such a way that we're not doing, we're not being performative, yeah. but we're truly doing it because we love God. But at the end of the day, we're human beings, I understand. So how do we do that without self-sabotaging? Okay, um, I would say, Pastor, you want to say something? Okay, I would say that, um, that's why I say love is sacrifice or sacrificial. Sometimes, for example, um, I, when, when I talk with Christians about maybe we have a benevolence unit, um, where I was coming from, and so I always ask questions. So why don't we, why is it that when people are in need like this, like this, like this, we ask ourselves, to contribute to help them. I said I have no problem with that. But these other things that we are putting aside, who are they for? And why is it that we put so much rules that before somebody can get, for instance, food stuff or these clothes or this money, they have to be this, that, and the other. I never liked it. So some of the some of the response I get is, eh, you know, people will take advantage of it. I say, that's the idea they will take advantage of it. You just be led by the Spirit to know when to not give. Oh, oh yes, sometimes the Holy Spirit will ask you not to. Because some people need to learn, some people need to grow, and they don't want to grow. Because God doesn't even want anybody to live on aid. You understand? Because people are, people are, people are growing, people are passing through um, stages in life. So sometimes some people are truly in need. But um, somebody, for somebody, for instance, need to get, for somebody to be able to get um, those things we have made available for people to get who are in need, they have to perhaps be in a department. They have to perhaps maybe have a cell leader over them. I said, no, I don't like it. The fact that this person is a brother, or even if this person is not a brother, this person is in need, and we have this thing kept. Why shouldn't we give them? So we're feeling bad that they will take advantage. I think, you know what Paul said? He said, brother, take a brother to court. Don't you know you are going to judge angels? Say you say, uh, yes, my, why don't you allow your brother defraud you because of Christ? That's where I'm going. Have you read, have you read that scripture? You've read that? He said, how would you take your brother to court? Allow him wrong you. He's not saying, open yourself, let them wrong you. He said, your brother has wronged you. Let it pass because of Christ. He says, that's why he's telling you love as Christ has loved you. Your brother has wronged you. So Peter came to, how many times should my brother, my brother forgive, um, offend me before I forgive? Seven times, seven times. You say, eh? Seven times, there for what? 490 times. So the brother should offend me a particular offense 490 times a day before it's enough for me to say your cup is full. 
what he's saying is love without boundaries. So yes, it will self-sabotage you. That's where I'm going. It will self-sabotage you. So use wisdom so that it's not self-sabotage unto where you will die and not be able to help others. So for instance, um, for instance, see, I know that in every um, gathering, every organization, there are always those who try to take advantage of the kindness of the brotherhood. Yes, no, they are, they are always there. There are always those who, Jesus said you always have the poor among you. He didn't create it. He's telling you, people, there, there will always be people whose mindsets are poor. Even if they have $10 billion, they'll still be doing, they'll still be carrying what I call sorry water face. You know sorry water face? When they just say, good, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, excuse me. Good afternoon, sir. Miss Money. There are always people like that. You get. So, so don't get to a point where you're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit enough to know that. There are others who need that thing. There are others who have made an institution out of begging. There are those who actually truly need that thing. So, don't let that self-sabotaging happen. The self-sabotaging of um, you're not sensitive to the spirit, huh? you self-sabotage yourself and you're not in position anymore to help those truly in need. Mm. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. I knew that we will not finish this Bible study till this question comes up. Because Pastor Martin was talking about loving people, loving the brethren. And somewhere in your mind, you're like, ah, ah, these people, they are saying we should love. Look at them. See how they are. Very unlovable. How should I love this one? <laughs> and then, there are some people that appear lovable because they understand the script. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, so they come lovable and then they exploit. Yes, there are people like that. And then, there's also the question of I too, I need love. I cannot just be giving and then nothing is coming. I can become empty. I don't have love to give again. Yes. Especially when it becomes things you can measure like money. So on, mother's kidney is bad. This one swallows spoon. This one, this, this one. I'm out. Hmm. So, Pastor Martins has answered the question. He mentioned it at least four times in his answer. But sometimes there's a tendency for us not to pick the meat in a conversation. That's why we always pray before someone that God, let me hear what he's saying. <laughs> okay, so me, I heard what he was saying. So let me help you. So first of all, last week we talked about balance and we talked about I mentioned that there are some scriptures that if you understand the scripture completely, some scripture, only one verse, if you know that verse very well, your entire Christian work, your entire sonship is fully settled. And one of that is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and then the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. All right, so we've established how Jesus loved us and then he died for us, right? In fact, 
there's a part in Second Corinthians 5, 15 that says, in that Christ died for us, he said, they that live should not live for them. So he said, love others as I have loved you. How did God love us? He died for us. Now, that death was his show of love, right? So let's see how he died. Do you understand? They say, everything in the Bible has system, has explanation. It's mystery until you find it. You understand? Alright, let's do Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. I want to see how he died. So that you can know how to love. Right? Mm. <laughs> and not necessarily die. But if need, if need be, die. Yes. Yes, because all the early apostles, apart from John, they all died. And because of love, that's why they died. Yes, so there may be need for dying, if there is need. I Meanwhile, there is dying in some way. You, know, you die daily. Yeah, you need to die to self. You need to die to... Okay, so Hebrews 9 verse 14. It said, How much more shall the blood of Christ... This is not where we are going. Who through what? The eternal spirit offered himself. So how did he die? He died through the eternal spirit. He died through the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that guided, instructed, and you know, empowered his dying. Do you understand? And it was still the Holy Ghost that inspired his resurrection. So your love must be Powered by the Spirit of God. That's why the communion of the Holy Spirit is there. And then Pastor Martin was mentioning there are some people that are by the Holy Spirit you need to know who to give, when to give them, when to, when to give, when to do what. Your entire walk. Hmm? That's why the Bible says that if you are in the Spirit, then walk in the Spirit. And when it is the Holy Spirit that is powering the love, sometimes it might feel like self-sabotage, but the Holy Ghost is a comforter. He can comfort what is sponsored. Do you understand? Mm, he can comfort it. So many times, the problem is that we give you a task to love and not necessarily tell you the how. So you are on a performance mission to show that, okay, I now love you. I now know the love of God. You take, you take, you. Not knowing that even the Jesus that I say I have come to die, he died powered by the Spirit. So in your trying to love, it's not something that flesh can do. So one of the things that you do is you spend time with the Holy Ghost. This is where time comes in. Uh, because many times, again, we tell people to spend time praying. You don't know why. This is part of the why. I don't know how to love. I can't love anybody. You must know that I don't know how to love. And the Holy Ghost, the love of God is shared abroad in my heart. How? By the Holy Ghost. So you will now spend time with the Holy Ghost. Who am I loving today? Because many times you will meet people that the Holy Ghost will insist that this, the love for this person is for you to ignore them. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes, that's the love. That's the love. Meanwhile, some other people who in your mind are unlovable, the Holy Ghost will tell you the love for this person is to follow him to his house. That's the love for that person. Yes. So the agency by which this love is carried out is the Holy Ghost. If you try to do it by yourself, you will burn out. Yes. Because you will now love person, you know, you understand? You will misappropriate it. You will not budget it well. Uh, some people deserve love in form of giving, but not from you. Yeah, not from you. Mm. 
Some people, what you need to give them is skill. Some people, you just need to point them in the right. Some people need a home, right? But the way the Holy Ghost will furnish love through you is for you to point them this way. So uh, Yes. And all of it is love. And all of it is love. So it's by the Holy Ghost. So if there is any situation where you are feeling sabotaged, first thing to do is to now commune with the Holy Spirit. We can't do this life without the Holy Spirit. So he said it like four times in his answer. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. So it's possible we missed it. By the Spirit. 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 So that means that you now need to spend time with the Holy Ghost. Because there are many times that the Holy Ghost can be shouting in your inside that help this person. But you won't hear. You won't hear. So, and then you say he has not told me. Or he has not said something. Do you understand? Because sometimes withdrawing aid can be the love. Withdrawing aid from somebody can be the love. But how do you how do you know if you don't if you are not led by the spirit? How do you know if you are not led by the spirit? Sometimes an act of love for you to sack some people. And it will, not be, it will not be because you are mad. You would know that you are doing them this service to allow them to continue. I've helped a lot of people like that in the past. I've scattered people's relationship. And today, today they are thanking me for it because they are happily married. I ended their relationship. One of them came to me. In fact, one of them, the younger sister was a Sekjen in the ministry I pastor on campus. And then she'll be telling me, my brother doesn't like you. I said, no problem. Because she, so, she, the way I speak about his, her elder brother, she's wondering, ah, ah, this guy doesn't even know what this guy says about him. So one day she opened up, my brother doesn't like you. I said, I know why. I broke his relationship. I told him to end the relationship. Then I called the sister. I said, never. You're too small. It's not happening. Oh, yes. She was too small. Yeah? She was young. Age and heart. She was young. Eh? What, what do you mean, Liga? She was in the university, but she was young. She was under 18, yes. He's happily married now. He likes me now, eh? He calls me for everything he wants to do. Like, Pastor, there's this, there's this asking for counsel and everything. I helped him. But that was love. But I could have been doing, let's try to save face and not make the brother upset. If you want to be upset, be upset. Okay. So love can be tough sometimes. It's not always about giving money and giving hug. Sometimes he's slapping them on the face and say, stand up and be disciplined. Are you okay? No, not, not slap. Hallelujah. Have you learned something? Did you, have you reached a resolution to love? Work, love, try to love as God has loved you. Yes, yes. Um, we are giving offerings. Even giving should be an act of love. Yes, giving, sowing, whatever it is. The one that matters before God is that you do it from a heart of love. From a heart of love. So praying as well. <laughs> praying as well. Do it from a heart of love. So sisters and brothers, don't give your bodies away. It's not an act of love. Unless you're married. 
can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless. Thank you.